You're listening to Parenting Our Future. I'm parenting expert, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in all different areas of your parenting so you can create strong connections with your kids, get all the cooperation you want, and live a life that is full of joy and connection. And by the way, the tools and solutions that you're looking for in your parenting don't just live in each episode of my show. They're also in my free membership site, The Parent Toolbox, where you can access tools created by myself and my brilliant guests that cover everything from helping your kids to sleep, managing meltdowns, reducing overwhelm to getting your kids to listen the first time and so much more. Join The Parent Toolbox so you can download and use the tools that are ready on the site and Each week, a brand new tool is added. And of course, the best part is it's absolutely free to join and to stay in. You can go to www.parent-toolbox.com today. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to share with you another podcast that I think you're going to find really interesting. It's called Didn't I Just Feed You? It's a weekly candid conversation about feeding our families, even for parents who hate to cook. Hosts Stacey Billis and Megan Splawn are two food professionals who get real about feeding kids, tweens, and teens because they're also busy working moms, so they get it. They talk about how to turn things like nachos into a legit family dinner, to the magic of meatballs, to solving the after-school snack problem, even reducing kitchen waste and debt all at once. They chat with guests from Food Network stars to everyday moms who, let's be honest, are the real experts. In fact, Didn't I Just Feed You is a staple on the iTunes Top 100 Food Podcasts and the only food podcast made with parents in mind. Stacey and Megan are on a mission to make cooking easier, more delicious, and maybe even a little bit more fun. Find Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Now, you can also find Stacey and Megan on Instagram and Facebook as at Didn't I Just Feed You. Now let's dive into this next episode of Parenting Our Future. Hello, everybody. It's Robin. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. I just love that you're here. And if you're tired and if you are sleep deprived, you definitely want to listen to this episode. I have the beautiful, the talented, the most wonderful, one of my favorite people on this earth. And I mean it with my whole entire heart. I consider her a friend, but also I consider her a mentor and that just, I mean, I, I just can't stop. I, I'm going to stop because it's going to be embarrassing, but Anne Gomez is here. Everybody, Anne Gomez is here. <laughs> oh my goodness, Robin, right back at you, babe. I am so thrilled to be here and you are an inspiration to me every single day. I wish I had like a soundtrack or something because I'd have like cheering and applause and all this kind of stuff because you've taught me so much. You are so wonderful. I'm going to tell everybody what, what you do, who you are. And by the way, you're going to love everything that Anne has to say. And you're going to want to listen to our previous episode, which is episode 36 called how to kick your overwhelm to the curb. So hello, that is important. We all need that too. So let me tell you a little bit about my friend Anne Gomez. She is the president of Clear Concept Incorporated. She is committed to helping people thrive at work. She leads engaging training programs around productivity, high performance teams, and a thrive mindset. 
She is also the best-selling author of Email Warrior, How to Clear Your Inbox and Keep It That Way. Oh, I love that. And works with clients across various industries, including law, finance, healthcare, and consumer good. And she holds uh, an MBA and brings years of experience as a management consultant to all of her work. And not just that, everybody. Are you ready? She's a mom of four. So she really understands the importance of rest, of well-being. And she puts well-being, rest, and giving back to yourself as a part of everything that she does. So Anne, welcome. Thanks for being here again. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. I always love talking to you. I learned so much from you. And I'm really excited to talk about this very important topic around sleep. Oh, it's important. Sleep has been this unattainable thing for me since I became a mom. I never had a problem with sleep. And I felt like for the first few years of being a mom, I was kind of like sleeping with one eye open. And um, what I know for everybody listening right now is we are in chronic stress, right? The pandemic, whether we like it or not, has stressed us out. There is this overarching anxiety that we feel that quite frankly is appropriate. There is something scary out there that is coming to get us, if you will. And that is our, our brain and our, you know, the way we're wired, that's how we're set up to react to something like that is through anxiety. And so one of the things that we don't think about a lot is sleep. And that's really one of the most underrated aspects of well-being. So I want to talk about sleep, wellness, and I want to talk about cortisol. I want to talk about it all. So let me just start by saying, or asking like, how much should we be getting at night? How much sleep should we getting? We be getting how much rest should we be getting all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to take it away. Well, the experts say it's somewhere between seven and nine hours. And frankly, we Mm -hmm. all know what our sweet spot is. You know what your sweet spot is, Robin. I know what my sweet spot is. I wish it was six hours. I really do. Because I could fill that time. There's so many things I'd love to do with that time. And I can get by on six hours, let's be clear, but I'm not at my best. So the Mm -hmm. question is, how much sleep do you as an individual need to be at your best? And that the research shows it's between seven and nine hours. It's closer to you know eight or more. My number is eight and a half. That's my sweet spot. So Here's the, the, the metric for every individual. How much sleep do you need to wake up feeling refreshed and raring to go? How much sleep do you need to know that you are performing at your best throughout the day? Not sluggish, not impatient, but just really at your best. And, and then my favorite metric, how much sleep do you need to be a nice person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not the most patient when I haven't slept. I am not nice when I don't sleep like at all. (laughs) I am not nice. And I get this like sore throat feeling too. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. not good. It is not good. Like I am legitimately not nice. I would be nice to you because you're just so great, but I wouldn't (laughs) be nice to the people I love the most. Like that's, that's the reality of it, right? Yes, reality. I've been there, been there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know how it manifests in me when I don't get enough sleep, but what does it look like when you don't get enough rest? Yeah. So we, we certainly feel sluggish, right? Yeah. Uh, but in terms of how it translates into our day to day, it's harder to make decisions. Like we hit that decision mm-hmm. earlier and that that's true of, of stressful days, busy days as well. 
we're more likely to get to get sick over the long term as well. If you're if you're that person who catches the common cold pretty easily, that's a good chance that you're sleep deprived. You're you're likely more irritable, as we already talked about, and uh, you're probably more on edge, frankly. So there's our automatic nervous system has our parasympathetic, that's our our rest and digest state, and then also our sympathetic, which is our fight, flight, and freeze mode. And so if you're constantly on and, and easily agitated and easily argumentative or prone to tears or, you know, the freeze mode, you know, you have trouble making decisions. Yeah. If you, if you feel like you're triggered easily, then there's a good chance that you're a bit sleep deprived. Yeah. I can relate to that hundred percent. Okay. So yesterday, literally yesterday, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, no joke, no joke. I, I think Look at me, I'm leaning in. Yeah, I know. Right. Okay. So let me tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> was, we had to get up really early. Um, and, uh, earlier than normal. Okay. Not really early for me. It's early. I am not a morning person also. Me so, uh, like don't expect me anywhere early. Cause I just can't do it. Like I, and it's also because I've really struggled with my sleep. Mm. However, yesterday I was especially tired and I found myself like, just like sitting at my desk and I was like, not like, I was like, I don't know. I, I can't do anything. I, I don't know what to say. Like, it was just, I, I just, and, and all I wanted to do was sit on my little couch in my office and watch TV, which is so unlike me. Like right. I am a go-getter. I work, I work, I work, I work, yeah. but I just couldn't like, anyway, so I had a nap. So the best thing to have done. Okay. That's what I want to say. Like, did I screw myself up? Should I have done something differently? Should I have had a meditation? If I have a meditation, I would have fallen asleep. You would have fallen asleep. But what does that tell you? It tells you that you're sleep deprived. So that's the first thing about meditation. The second thing about meditation is it's more effective uh, sitting up for for that reason with your your back (laughs) supported, but your head not supported. So a chair works well. Right. even the wall, I guess your head is kind of supported, but you're less likely to fall asleep sitting up. Um, but if you are falling asleep, that's a sign you're, uh, you're tired. And the best thing you can do is nap. So I'm glad you took a nap. I think one nap probably isn't enough to get you back righted. It's going Uh, to take some concentrated focus time uh, where you're deliberately investing in your sleep. So how many naps do I need to make up 17 years of sleep? (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. I mean, again, until you get to the point where you, you, we all know when we're in the zone and at our peak, at our peak productivity in our personal life and in our professional life. Like I know when I'm sluggish, I know if I'm out with friends and I'm just worn out, I know that. I know my body. I know when I'm at my prime and when I'm not. So it's really about you getting enough sleep to know when you're at your prime and to know you're able to bounce back from the inevitable setbacks that we all face. But what we're both, I mean, the conclusion here is it sounds like you need more sleep. So what is your sleep number? How many hours of sleep do you need? What's your sweet spot? Oh, the more, the better, the more, the better. And okay. I'm going to, I'm going to share this. That's uh, really uncomfortable for me to share, but I have sleep apnea. So it actually me and, and I didn't know this, but I had a sleep test done because I'm so tired and I was stopping breathing once a minute, oh which means God. I was never getting a full yeah. night's sleep. 
And so now I've got the machine, which is like super, super hot. (laughs) But it's fine. It does like it, it does its thing. And, and, you know, I sleep much better, but I think yeah, the, the, it's taken its toll over the years and it's taken its toll in many ways for me, like in my weight, in my well being, in my ability to parent too, because I, I was more irritable. I was exhausted all the time. And that's no joke when you go around feeling that way. And look, I think that there is a period of life when our kids are little, where it is to be expected and it's tough. You know, it is so tough. Oops, it's so tough when our kids are little. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we ha- like, I know you're going to say you still have to prioritize it, right? You've got to find a way. Uh, and there's a reason why uh, new, new parents are taught sleep when the, the baby sleeps. Yeah. We sleep when the baby sleeps because we need that sleep. It's a foundation to everything we do. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you using the machine to address your sleep apnea is the best thing you can do for yourself. Like we need that deep sleep, concentrated sleep. It's not just um, the, the quantity of sleep is quality as well. We need high quality sleep. So much happens in sleep. It's not a passive activity. Our brain is extremely busy when sleeping. Yeah. And well, and when you're in the office of the sleep people, you see all of the things that are side effects of not having good sleep from heart issues to brain fog to, you know, all of these things. And I know that's exactly what you talk about. And one of the things that we live with that is really toxic to us. And I'd like to understand that a little bit better is cortisol. What does cortisol do? How is it related to, you know, functioning and stress levels? Well, cortisol is usually higher during the day when we are, you know, our body's designed to be alert mm. and, you know, functioning, but cortisol levels should be dropping or they're naturally designed to drop during the day during which melatonin is going up. So cortisol mm. is our stress hormone. Melatonin is our sleep hormone. And we need melatonin levels to rise in the evening for us to shift out of sympathetic into parasympathetic mode. So so there are things that um, we can do to support that transition. And there are things we can do to offset that transition. So for example, blue light devices are great at keeping cortisol levels high. Mm. And they also uh, are really good at impeding melatonin from to rise. So one of the worst things we can do is be on our devices, right? Be, uh, right up until bedtime. They, there, there should be a separation. Now I've heard two mm. hours is a fair, it's a big chunk of time. If you're one of the people who, keeps is on your phone or device until right before bed, you might want to back that up by half an hour or an hour. Right. The other, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say good advice for your kids too, because that's no different for them. Right. Especially our teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm struggling with that with our teenagers because I know what's the right thing, but I also, you know, you walk a fine line about deciding where, which, um, which issue you're going to have a battle about but I see the effect of um, sleep deprivation on their decision-making and on their, yeah. um, their, their mood and all that kind of stuff. The, uh, the other thing that's terrible for our sleep is sleeping beside our phone. That is horrible for our sleep. Any kind of light, especially a blue lit device is, is not ideal. It impedes our melatonin, our body, you know, our, our primitive 
uh, brains that you know have been around long before the advent of the light bulb and the smartphone yeah. associate light with daytime. Like, oh, there's light. It's time to get up. The sun must be rising. So if we if we need to get up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom, we want to find our way through the dark. We want we want no lights, right? So if you have like, and I hope that everyone listening to this has an old school alarm clock, like the kind is it's just an alarm clock. Maybe it's a radio too, but it's just an alarm clock, right? It's not your phone. That's not your alarm clock. So, and turn your alarm clock away from you. So the light from the alarm clock is not uh, facing you, right? Any lights in your room, you want to put some duct tape over top of and just get rid of all lights. And when you get up in the middle of the night to go to the washroom, you know, find it, you know how to get there, find your way through the dark. (laughs) I could feel my way through there. Yeah. 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 Tripping hazards. Yeah. So, so a cave-like dwelling is what you yes. are uh, describing. Exactly. I, I do love a cave. <laughs> like I like to be hunkered down and like yes. warm. And, yeah. And, and a fan on too. I do like some white noise myself. Okay. Yeah. But when you're talking about blue light, so then my blue light glasses, are they going to help me uh, when I'm on a screen? Is it good for me? Do I turn the blue light just off and, and have that yeah kind of yellowy screen does that help like what what is the best way to cut that down because I'm going to just say that probably most people are on their phones until bedtime almost bedtime like yeah okay so the blue light device uh glasses will help the you know turning the blue light down will help the best thing though is to put the device down pick up an old-fashioned book um I know it's radical you know, you, know what book, you know what book I'm going to read next? It's called uh, Email Warrior. How to oh, your inbox and keep it that way. I know, but I hope that book doesn't put you to sleep. I tried work. I worked really hard to make that book fun. Like, I, oh, I feel like it's a fun it. read. You can make it for me to sleep. I just meant that's a great content in it. I know the author. She's amazing. It does. It does. It does. Um, thank you. Thank you. The, uh, the, uh, some other activities. So like, we want to be thinking about wind down routines. Like I do shift my work hours. I work, uh, I work during the, the day and then my kids come home from school and I'm often taking on my second role, which is like, you know, chauffeur. And so uh, what I often do is do some of my work in the evening. Mm-hmm. And so I'm okay working in the evening. That works for me. I just, I'm just more conscious about shutting, not working right till I go to sleep. Now that I've learned more about sleep, like I used to do years ago, I'd work right up until I was exhausted and then shut it down and go right to sleep. That's not ideal. That's not going to support a very, you know, rich, high quality sleep. So I am trying to create that separation. And there's a lot of wind down exercises we can do to head into our cave but by the way the cave is a great analogy because we do Mm -hmm. want our 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 room to be uh cooler Mm -hmm. and obviously dark we've already talked about that we want our our bedroom to be free of stress so free of piles Mm -hmm. like get rid of the guilt of piles put put those in a closet and close the door like you want your room your bedroom to be a a place that supports rest Mm -hmm. and uh things like journaling reading Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation, stretching, having a nice conversation with uh, your roommate, your spouse, your your kids, like these kind of things help you settle down. Mm-hmm. You know, and and 
because I have struggled with sleep, I do uh, sometimes, not every night, but I do use a, a sleep, like an app, a meditation app. I use right. Breathe yeah. to, yeah, yeah. and there's a, you know, there's, there's a getting to sleep one and, and it's got, um, like binaural beats in it. So it oh, actually works with your right awesome. and left brain hemispheres. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a scientific thing <laughs> yeah. to, to help. Right. So, so you're saying to really think about, okay, at, at a certain point at, at night, you need to start your own wind down process, which makes so yes. much sense because I know that I'll say this to parents all the time, like for your child, you need a wind yeah. down process. There needs to be signals and there needs to be different yeah. things and, and that sort of thing that you do to, to slow down and get your kids to sleep. So take your own advice, right? Do what it's so true. It's so true. Kiddos. Yeah. Really speaking, our brains need the exact same thing that kids need to have a restful sleep. So that yeah. sleep routine is so important and it doesn't have to be a two hour sleep routine, but that, but you know, think about your 15 to 30 minute sleep routine. If you're currently, if you are going straight from devices from Netflix to sleep, right. If you're the kind mm -hmm. of person who falling asleep on the couch, that's not, that's not supporting a, a really solid night of sleep. Yeah. I mm -hmm. have to say, I do find reading magic. I get tired every single time I read yeah. and I forget about doing that all the time. So I need to remind myself to do that because really it does really help me. And mm -hmm. like a good old fashioned book, you know, so that that's just so true. So true. Yeah. I love that. Okay. But here's the thing, Anne, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep. What do I do then? <laughs> do you okay. have to interrupt? there? Yes, absolutely. And I wake up in the middle of the night too. And so, so one thing, watch your, your, your drink. So caffeine and alcohol really do make for more choppy sleep and harder to fall asleep, harder to get back to sleep. So we want to to check those. And I, I really notice that, uh, if I have, um, a drink or two of wine, it's, I have a rough night of sleep. I very much notice that. Um, so we've also talked about avoid turning on the lights. Don't one don't sleep beside your smartphone. I get that the apps, uh, there's some great apps out there for meditation and that can help you fall asleep. If you're, if, if you're, you fall to, if you fell asleep to an app, I understand that your phone's beside you. It's not, you're going to be your alarm clock. You can get an alarm clock. They're like 20 bucks. You can, you can do this for yourself. Get yourself a dedicated alarm clock. Ideally the phone is parked in the kitchen or phone parked in the bathroom or something Fart not beside you. Cause you don't want to pick, do not, this is the worst thing you can do. Pick up your phone and start engaging in social media or, no. or email or don't do that. It's the worst thing for your sleep and to get your brain going into work mode and your brain starts spinning. Um, some other things that can help self-guided meditations are really powerful. So you can use the apps to inspire you to do self-guided meditation. So that's what I, I do. Um, progressive muscle relaxation is a great technique mm -hmm. where you, you know, you say, okay, toes relax mm -hmm. and go to sleep you know, and then you work your way up your body. And by the time you get to your knees, oftentimes you're asleep. I also am a big fan of affirmations. So I, sometimes when I have a lot on my mind, which is a lot of the time, my mind will start spinning. And so I have an mm -hmm. affirmation. I encourage everyone to come up with their own affirmation, but the one that works really well for me in the middle of the night is trust and release. So basically, oh, I love it. Thank you. basically I'm coaching myself and trust that you have the resources to handle whatever comes your way tomorrow. 
Trust that you will work through this the way you have worked through things always in the past. So trust in yourself, Anne. And because you trust in yourself, you can now release. You don't have to think about it now. So I know what that means. I don't have to go through that whole verbiage. I just keep saying yeah. to my trust and release. And that usually helps me to stop spinning as well. Writing down your thoughts helps. Mm -hmm. But there was this interesting study about sleep and they had one group write down all the, th like just general journaling, just writing down their thoughts, writing down what they did that day. So that was kind of the general journaling. The other group wrote down their to-do list. So I have to do this, 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 this. They wrote down their to-do list. The group that wrote down their to-do list was able to fall asleep faster. And um, yeah, so it, interestingly, it, I get that, that. writing down your to-do list settles your mind. It's like, okay, I got, I've got it written down. Now I can mm -hmm. trust and release it. I love that. In fact, I have all these little um, dollar store, little notepads. <laughs> and so, That's so good you know, to put inside your bed. Exactly. And so I do this too, like, and this is what I tell parents to do too, when they are with their kids and it's tough to sort of be in the moment with your kids, especially when you've got a million other things going on in your mind is to have one of these beside you instead of your phone and just like make a note and then let it go. Make a note, like, yeah, don't forget that thing. Let it go. Let it go. That's it done. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise you're, you're going to you're obsess about that thought because you're like, I don't want to forget it. I don't want to forget it. I don't want to forget yeah. it, but I love the trust and release. And look, if you do have a pad of paper, write it down, but you're right. Don't go on your phone. I totally agree with you. Um, you know, yeah. And, and what about looking at your phone first thing? Should you look oh. at your phone first thing or should you no. look at different kinds of light? I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's not so much about the light um, in the morning because your body is now you're ready to get up and get going, but it's about using your, your, their, your precious morning time to set your intentions for the day and to um, practice things like gratitude yeah. um, to do some exercise. So there's, there's so many other things that you can put into that rich morning time. Mm -hmm. I'm a, a big fan of doing a meditation in the morning, but as soon as you turn on that phone, you get pulled into that sympathetic state and you lose that opportunity. Uh, so I would suggest you think about, yeah, everyone thinks about their morning routine and what they want to fit into their morning. You know, I, you know, people tell me, Oh, I check email as soon as I wake up and then I go in the shower and then I check email again. And then I go get myself a coffee and I check email again. And you know, is it really necessary to check email or social media or text three times before 6 30 in the morning? Like we're who who's in charge here, right? So yeah, exactly. We well being, what's important in our well-being? We know gratitude practice, we know stretching, exercise, um, mm -hmm. a great night's sleep, um, meditation, all of these things really do support our well-being. We we do not want our devices to get in the way of those very important routines. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I don't want it to be lost that those things feel good too. Meditation feels good. Stretching feels good. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want anyone listening to go like, yeah, yeah. Stretch, whatever. I've heard all that, you know, yeah. do it, try it. And there is a connection between your lungs and your brain that says, when I am breathing slowly and deeply, I'm safe. Yes right? That is important. And that's something to model for your kids too, that in those moments of stress, you just say, wait a second, 
because this can wait. Parenting isn't an emergency and just take a moment to breathe because that gets you back into your parasympathetic nervous exactly. system, right? Like, so I'm a big fan of the box breathing, right? Yes, so we do. Yes, say it. Yeah. Okay, so, and this is a good thing to do as you're, if you're struggling to fall asleep, if you wake up in the middle of the night, so you breathe, you, you can't, you breathe in for a count of four, you hold it for a count of four and you breathe out for a count of four and you hold it for a count of four. And what that tells your brain is that, well, if I can breathe slowly like this, I must not be trying to outrun a saber tooth tiger. Like I must exactly. be more of a restful state. Yeah. There's a reason why that parasympathetic nervous system is called rest and digest. So we really do want to make that shift. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a vital tool to get you out of fight, flight, or freeze out of a panic situation, right? It is, it's, it's a power and Navy SEALs use it. The army uses, you know, this is a tool that people who are in high, high stress situations use is that box breathing. So you're really sort of drawing a box in the air with your finger as you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, and then hold for four again. And then you repeat it a couple of times and there's just no denying that you feel better. You can't not feel better, right? That's how our body is, is made. So it is so, so important to do that. And we often you know, feel anxiety over everyday life, everyday family life. And it's using our emergency resources for, for small things like an ice cream cone that falls on the ground or, you know, just something that doesn't matter. Right. We don't need that level of response for small things, but if you're tired, anything can get you upset. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love what you said about, you know, stretching feels good and meditation feels good. And there's a lot of great research out there about how to form habits. And I um, resisted meditating for years because I I don't have time to sit there and do nothing. That was my, you know, flawed uh, uh, mentality uh, back in the day. But um, now I, I really do value my meditation habit and my stretching and my gratitude practice. But the way to form these new habits is to commit to tiny steps. So there's a lot, a lot of interesting research out there about how to form habits. So the tiny step is such a crucial component. And so if you are looking to start a meditation habit in the morning, for example, before you jump out of bed and get on with the, your busy day, give yourself one minute, start with a one minute habit. Mm. And as, as ridiculous as that sounds, that's what that allows you to celebrate success, which keeps you yeah. coming back more. And that's how you build on it. So you want the habit to be so small, you can't fail. And that's a quote of Arianna Huffington. Um, you know, the, the habits that do stick are the convenient ones. True, true. And let's like, let's have some habits that do something good for us, not just bad habits, right? Like it's easy to have a habitual glass of wine every night. Let's have a habitual meditation every day, every night. Right. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Because that feels good too. Right. So, uh, so I love that. It's like micro goals. Uh, it's it's so smart. So everybody listening, we're going to start with a minute, right? We are, you know, we, we have also talked to, um, Zen rabbits, uh, 
Lori cites about uh, her meditation. She's given us a meditation just for parents. So all of this is related to this International Women's Day uh, theme that we have all of this month. So this is why we're talking about this stuff because mamas, we got to take care of ourselves. Dad's listening. We love you. You take care of yourselves too. We're just focusing on moms right now and all of the things that we've got going on and you know, really women helping women. And so, um, so I just really appreciate this. And, and, you know, you have been so generous with tools that we have in the toolbox on, you know, how to manage your time better and different things like that. So can we just talk for a minute about the, the toolbox item that you have for us? Sure. Yes. It is uh, a guide to help you instill uh, better sleep habits. And also I've included in there a well-being. Uh, or sorry, a habit blueprint to help you uh, upgrade any of your well-being habits, whether that be related to gratitude or your relationships or relaxation or exercise. Or there's a whole, there's seven key pillars of well-being. Sleep being one of them. Mm. Uh, so the habit blueprint is really how we make sure that we are prioritizing our well-being as much as we all know we should do. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping us. Yeah make our lives better, happier, which then allows us to show up in the world and create the kind of change that we're looking for, whether it's in our relationships with friends and family or our kids or work, you know, colleagues, that sort of thing. You know, when we're good, that is a ripple effect throughout the world. And that is great. We need more positivity, more joy in our lives and the more happy we are, the more contagious we are for joy, right? Instead of being contagious for stress, stress. And it's, I it's, think it's, it's a stress, stress. <laughs> yes, we all know what you're talking about. And, too. <laughs> I mean, this is the whole put your own oxygen mask on first. So as much as there's all, there will always be dishes to do and chores to do, and there's always more we can do for our children and for work, right? We have to really pay our foundation, put our foundation in place first and sleep is a crucial part of that. Um, I do want to also say that if anyone is interested in, in support for their well-being, accountability and inspiration is so important. And, uh, you know, whatever we put our time and attention into is what helps to grow in our life. So if anyone is interested in, in improving their well-being, we have a, a really awesome program called the Well-Being Reset. It's absolutely one of my favorite programs. And you can find more information about it on our website, but it's a five-week program with videos and group coaching and all sorts of fun stuff to help people upgrade their well-being and all pillars of well-being from exercise to sleep to nutrition to gratitude to meditation, et cetera, and so much more. And it's so when much fun. You did that course, didn't you, Robin? Well, I was just going to say, do you want to know why I know so much about it? Because I took your course. It was so good so good. I learned things that really helped me. Some things that I didn't want to learn, like how really alcohol is not helping me sleep and helping me, you know, really thrive in my life. And so I, you know, I, I have made some changes based on the course. It's so good. And you guys are so, you're so welcoming and so fun as well. And you really, what I love about the work that you do, Anne, is it's all based in science and research. Research. It is so well, it's just, it's it, the, the information gathered is just so good. I don't know anybody that runs 
courses and workshops like you do. You are so intelligent and everything that you do is not only fun, but it's so well done. And so you can find everything that you want to know about Anne uh, at clearconceptinc.ca. That of course is in the show notes. And don't forget to listen to um, How to Kick Overwhelm to the Curb, which was our last episode together, which was all about really, you know, not having to do your to-do list, how you can just be less stressed because we got to get that cortisol down and we got to get that oxytocin high. We want that uh, melatonin to be plentiful. So we have a really fulfilling life, right? We don't have to struggle and strive and, and uh, suffer, right? Right. Exactly. We don't have to be sleep deprived. Oh, not a good way to live. Give yourself you do stuff for other people all the time. Give yourself this gift, the gift of sleep. It's well, like the army knife of life. Like it is the right. fix for so many things. Ooh, I like that. Swiss yeah. army knife of life. That is yeah. really cool. I love that so much. Well, this wraps up our International Women's Day collection. I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your wisdom, your insight. Thank you for being my friend and uh, for joining me today. I just think the world of you and I hope everybody loved everything that you had to say as well. Thank you so much, my dear friend. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and happiness.